Get back into the book of the Revelation. That's where we've been on Wednesday nights. So we're going to be in chapter 14. If you have questions, if you haven't been along and heard all this, uh, I'll entertain your questions. I don't mind. Uh, I don't guarantee that I'll answer every question satisfactorily. We're just talking about the chronology of all the events leading up to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a lot. People have got charts out there, got all kinds of things considered. I I believe in KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what I believe in. I like things simple. And I base my whole conclusions on Matthew 12. And the reason for that, Jesus said there'd be one sign given. Now, I believe you can call that a significant scripture. If the Lord Master says there'll be one sign given, and then he gives us the sign, as Jonah, or Jonas, Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights. There's no way you can figure that except 72 hours. Even so must the Son of Man, Jesus referred to himself as Son of Man, or he was referred to as Son of Man, he did most of it, some 88 times in the New Testament. That ought to require a little bit of meditation. Why would he say that son of man so many times? Because the satanic tendency to deny his humanity as far as outweighs the denial of his deity. Although both can be denied, no question. But the son of man, even so, must, there's must again. Boy, when he puts must down there, you, you, must, you must think about it. You must be born again. You must think about that. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. You must think about that. And must the son of man be in the heart of the earth. Now, the depth of the earth. He's talking about a tomb. Three days and three nights. Just like Jonas was in the belly of the whale. That's 72 hours. I don't really care where you put his burial and his resurrection just so that you get him somewhere in the first day of the week 
while it's still dark. And you get him in the tomb 72 hours before that. That's all that matters to me. Now the truth of the matter is, you're going to have to do it just about like as I say it. Now, did he arise precisely at 6 p.m. on our Saturday evening? I don't say that he did. I say it's somewhere thereabouts. But it's while it's still dark. When they came to the tomb at sunrise, he's already arisen. And that didn't just happen instantaneous and it's over. But now they're all here. Uh, so anyway, that's how I do that. Uh, I've got several things that I do that way because I don't want to get involved in endless genealogies that somebody's got this to say and this to say. Fellow used to be a member here. He started that up and daggone if he didn't get him in the tomb by on Thursday. Well, you can't get 72 hours from Thursday till till early in the morning on the first day of the week. But all in all, well, this, this feast does this and this feast does that. I don't care what feast you've got. You can't deny what Jesus said. And there's no place else to go, but you've got to do And then they don't want to deal with that. Oh, yeah, but what about it? No, you ain't going there. We get done with this. That's the way I like to do it. Anyway, Revelation, uh, we got through chapter 13, but we're in the middle. We know that there is a week of years, and that's called the 70th week of Daniel. Over in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, he says there's 70 weeks, well those are weeks of years, which would be 490 years. And it gives you various things that are fulfilled in that time. You, you can easily account for 69 of those weeks, those weeks of years. But then there's a break and there's a 70th week that appears after that. Now, where is that 70th week? We think that it's the week that started out. Jesus said that in those days should be great tribulation such as has never been since the world began nor ever shall be. Matthew 24. And then... When we see in Revelation chapter 6, the opening of the seals of that seven seal scroll, we get to the sixth seal, and we see that that scroll brings us right up to the opening of the sixth seal. And it says, Then we saw the stars of heaven fall on the earth, 
like ripe figs from a tree? I've got a package of them in my bag. Only these are dried. They're not right off the tree. Anyway. And then people on the earth, rich men, poor men, big men, small men, all human beings, they go to the mountains, to the caves, and to the rocks, and they beg the rocks to fall on them, not to kill them, but to hide them from the face of Jesus Christ for the great day of his wrath, the wrath of the Lamb, is come and who shall be able to stand? My opinion is there is the announcement of the time of the great wrath of God. The great tribulation is over. Now we're looking for the great wrath of God. Two different distinct times. 99 out of 100 Baptist preachers will run the great tribulation and the wrath of God together and call it all the tribulation. Most of them, say they say the tribulation, they mean the whole 70th week. The Bible doesn't say that. We have no right to amalgamate things when they're not amalgamated. If they're separate, we need to keep them separate. So, my opinion, and you can put, I don't know, five or six dollars and go to, uh, what's his name, get you a cup of coffee with it. Used to be you got a nickel for a cup of coffee, buddy. <laughs> Ain't no more. But my opinion is that of the seven-year period of time, a week, a week of years, the first half of it is the time of the great tribulation that Jesus plainly said in chapter 24 of Matthew that it would come Tribulation has always been here for the saints of God. They've always endeared tribulation. But Jesus said there would be a special time, and it was entitled, Thelipsis, that's the Greek word for tribulation, Mega, Great, Great Tribulation. And that distinguishes it from normal tribulation. Why even... Tribulation works patience. Tribulation's always been part of the diet of servants of the Lord. But this is time of great tribulation. Alright, so when that is over, then we come to the middle of the 70th week. Well, that's, that's where we have been from the 11th chapter to the 12th chapter and now the 13th chapter. We're beginning to get back into the 70th week. They say, well, what about exact times? I don't have exact times. If you, uh, I'll be glad to go through here and point them out. We have several statements of time that uh, 
here in the sixth angel sounding, chapter 9. An hour, a day, a month, and a year. I don't know what to do with that as far as the seven-year period of time. I don't know what to do with that. Am I talking exact? Well, actually not. Uh, in the 11th chapter, after three days and a half, there's another uh, time element, time frame. Uh, you've got several others. Uh, anyway, I can't necessarily explain all of that. I'm not that smart. I'm not smart at all. I'm just not that smart either, <laughs> I'll tell you. But anyway, here in chapter 13, we're seeing things that occur right at the end of the Great Tribulation and the pause before we start in the wrath of God. Now, there's several other scriptures that fit right in there, too. So it's not, everything is not in exact chronological order. That's not a mistake. It's the way the Lord gave us the prophecy. John just wrote down what the Lord showed him. I'm sure John did not chronologically adjust all of this. I'm sure he wrote it down as the Lord gave it to him. And if this is the way the Lord gave it to him, Lord knows I'm not going to try to move it around. All right, so anyway, the first thing out of chapter 13, I I stood upon the sand, that's John. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now, evidently, John is moving up and back. Here, he's on the sand of the sea. That's not in heaven, that's here. Back in chapter 7, when the Lord told him, come up here, he was up there, chapter 4 is up there in heaven, and then he sees, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, now, I think he's still in heaven there. I'm not sure. But he's seeing what's going on on earth. The ceiling of the 144,000. But then, verse 9, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude. That great multitude is not on earth. That great multitude's in heaven. And he said, I saw them. No man could number them of all nations. And kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne, before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne. Now, I don't know how that took place. A huge throne, I'd say. And about the elders, 24 of them, and the four beast or living creatures. These are all created beings 
that they uh, stay around the throne of God and do the bidding of God and fell before the throne on their faces and worship God. It's all of them. Saying amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. That's what they're saying in their worship to God. And one of the elders, that's one of the 24, said unto me, what are these which are arrayed, dressed in white robes? And whence came that? Where did they come from? Now there's a legitimate question. John no doubt is in heaven. John is seeing that great multitude that no man can number. I don't know how he knew that no man could number it. I guess the Lord told him, but maybe he could see that no man could number them. Now he's asked, what are they and where did they come from? And John said to the elders, sir, thou knowest. John knew that he knew. But he also knew that he didn't know. And it'd be wise for us to sometimes just take stock of what we don't know. Rather than claiming we know so much, how about I'm going to tell you what I don't know. I don't even know everything that I don't know. (laughs) And he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation." Now Jesus said there shall be great tribulation. And here it's also called great tribulation. Jesus knew what he was saying. And so did this elder. So where did all these people come from? Well, I've heard Baptist preachers say, well, those are just some tribulation saints. How about letting the Bible say what it says? A great multitude that no man can number of every tribe, uh, kindred people, tongue stood before the throne. That's all over the earth. Will saved people go through the tribulation? According to this, they will. I didn't say the wrath of God. I said the great tribulation. Evidently, we have not seen anything that would qualify as a rapture of the saints. And I don't know why so many Baptist preachers call it the rapture of the church. I want to know what church they're talking about. There is no such thing as the rapture of the church. You might make a case for the rapture of the bride. Although there's people out there that say, I'm ashamed of ever believing in the bride. Oh, one of them used to be a member here. I'm not ashamed for standing on the word of God. And I I heard another preacher saying that if you're saved, you're in the bride. That's hogwash. 
Read the seven messages to the seven churches of Asia Minor. You might find out something different there. Read what Paul says in Corinthians. What he says in Ephesians. I'm not talking about just everybody going to be in the bride. Christ doesn't have a bride that he didn't choose. Christ chooses, not only his elect, to choose his bride. Well, anyway. So these came out of great tribulation. I might mention this again. I used to hear, I mean almost knock down, drag out fights. Not literally, but almost. Arguments. Don't be no tears in heaven. Did you ever hear that? A lot of the old timers, I mean, they'd get up in arms real quick. Ain't going to be no tears in heaven. Really? Well, would you all agree that these great multitudes in heaven, they came there out of great tribulation. Well, let's see. Uh, Verse 15, therefore are they before the throne of God. And serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more. <laughs> Neither thirst any more. Wonder when all that went, took place. Dear on earth during the great tribulation. These were saints of God. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them shall lead them and shall lead them into living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. They got to be there to be wiped away, don't they? Anyway, I don't know how they missed that. If they'd have got off of Clarence Larkin, they might have gotten the Bible, they might have got in some of this stuff. Anyway, go back to chapter 13 now. I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast. Now this, this is not the same beast that we just read. The four beast. That word in the Greek is zao. The same word you get zoo from. This word is thrills. Wild beast. Indescribable wild beast. So, seven heads and ten horns, that would do it, wouldn't it? (laughs) And upon his horns ten crowns, upon his heads the name of blasphemy. The beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear. His mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, I saw a picture of it. But they've got, is it in Washington, D.C.? They've got a, a statue of a beast out there. Just like this. Now, the one thing they don't have is Satan empowering that beast right now. And that's no accident they've got it out there. Joe Biden continually talks about this new world order. Well... Here's where the new world order is going to be centered. Is right here with this beast. This is what I would call the man of sin. 
the son of perdition, the Antichrist. This is the beast. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Well, I've known of people that in translator they interpret this to be the Roman Empire. Well, in history, the Roman Empire officially fell in 476 A.D. Y'all remember that date? Started in 190 B.C., and that totals 666 years. Now, I think that might be significant, but anyway, that's how many years the Roman Empire was officially in world power. But in 476, the Roman Empire fell. But now, long about the exact date, Christmas Day, 800 A.D., Leo Third, I think, Pope at Rome, and Charlemagne, the Frankish king, comes to Rome to celebrate Christmas Mass. And as he bows down to the Pope, now understand, this is a king. At the time, one of the most powerful kings around. He's already a powerful king. And he said he didn't know this was going to happen. I don't know whether it's true or not. I'll just tell you what he said. When he stood up, because he was down kissing the Pope's ring. And when he stood up, the Pope put a crown on his head. And he looked at Charlemagne and he said, Hail Caesar Augustus, Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, the defender of the faith. Those words are exact. What do you use? Well, we thought the Roman Empire was dead. No, it's just been getting its feet under it to come back again. And now you've got the Holy Roman Empire. And the head of it is called, well, let's say that word in Latin. That's what they were speaking. You know how you say Caesar in Latin? Caesar. You remember, who was the head of Germany before Hitler? Kaiser? That's what Kaiser in German means, Caesar. Hitler envisioned himself as beginning the Third Reich. The Third Empire. And everything Hitler did, he went back to restore what Charlemagne did. 
That's why if you, if you knew what you was doing with history, you could have tracked Adolf Hitler where he'd go next. Just like Putin is doing in Russia, he is retracing and re-grasping all of the territory that the, United, the uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republic had before the wall fell. The USSR. That's exactly what he's doing. That's why he's in, trying to get the Ukraine. That's part of it. Poland was part of it too. When we went, the first time I was in Poland, it wasn't just a little while after the wall fell. We was in East Germany and Poland, and let me tell you what, they were scary places to be in. We saw where the KGB had tortured and killed many, many people in the eastern part of Germany and Poland. Terrible, terrible. It may have eased up some now, but it was really dark and dangerous then. But there was a third Reich. I always in school, I heard about the third Reich, but I never heard one thing about the second and the first Reich. Did, did anybody else ever hear that in school? I know you heard it from me if you've listened to me long enough. But the first Reich was Charlemagne's empire. From 800 A.D. to 1800 A.D., that thousand years there, the first Reich, well, the Kaisers had the second Reich, but they didn't last very long at all. Then it's kind of like I didn't make my first million, now I'm starting on my second million. Now, now Adolf Hitler, he's going to start on the third Reich. And that's what he was doing. We'll just show you what he was doing. Charlemagne's kingdom last thousand years. Adolf Hitler's architect, Albert Speer, uh, he was designing buildings for the Reich that would last for a thousand years. Because that's what Adolf Hitler was had himself imagined that's what he was doing. Of course he didn't do it. He didn't accomplish that. But what I'm saying, all of that to say this, that the Roman Empire was dead for all practical purposes at 476, but by 800, it's it's in full force. And then Charlemagne, now he he's a, a pawn of the Pope. He goes throughout all northern Europe conquering all of these nations. And with the sword, he's forcing them to bow to the Pope. And if they don't, of course, the sword cuts the head off. And that's where... For all of the pagan festivals 
of Christmas and Easter. And I know there's some who say, oh, well, that's just not true. That's just not true. Well, that stuff didn't come out of the thin air. But how did all that stuff get mixed into so-called Christianity? It did it when Charlemagne went and conquered those nations. And the Pope let the people keep the stuff. And they put it all in there. They, they amalgamated everything. That's how it happened. All right, anyway. So, was that the deadly wound that was healed? Well, I kind of get this as in the future. I don't know how it's going to be. But anyway. Verse 4, they worshiped the dragon which gave power. The dragon is Satan. Unto the beast. They worshiped the beast saying who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Well, those blasphemies are against God, against Christ. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And I make a big deal out of that. Continue forty and two months. That's three and a half years. Which indicates that he didn't just get here. He just now revealed himself. Look over 2 Thessalonians real quick. Chapter 2. Paul says, By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the, well, they're talking about the day of Christ. Shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. When is he revealed? Right here. Amen. In Revelation, the 13th chapter. It couldn't be any plainer. Power was given to him to continue for it in two months. Well, when did he first come on the scene? At the first seal, the white horse rider. He came deceitfully. And he's been deceitful all this time. But now he has revealed himself. So there can't be any doubt. Adolf Hitler did it the same way. He was chancellor of Germany. When the, when, uh, well, I'll think of his name just a minute. Uh, the last Kaiser, Wilhelm. But he was an old man. And Hitler was a politician. And so although he was already in and doing all this underhanded stuff behind the scene, he waited till the old man died. And as soon as he died, Hitler named himself as absolute dictator over Germany and demanded that you devote your life to him and do anything that he said. And if you didn't, you were shot. Plain and simple. Now he doesn't care for the whole world to know that he's absolute dictator. Now the beast, the Antichrist, he doesn't care for anybody to know. He, he's given up the deception. Now he's revealing who he is. He is the Antichrist. Oh, you all said that, but we didn't believe it. 
And that's probably the way it'll happen. Anyway, verse 6, he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God. Uh, to his blas- blaspheme his name is tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. What is tabernacle? Well, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. All men don't have an ear to hear. Everybody's not going to hear this. Till you get blue in the face you can preach it to them. And everybody's not going to hear. Only those who have an ear to hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. This is what has kept God's people going all, all of these many decades, centuries, and millennia. There will be a payday someday. Judgment is coming. How long, O Lord, holy and just, does thou not avenge our blood on them that are on the earth? Wait just a little season. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I will wreak vengeance on them. It won't, it hadn't come today, but just because judgment hasn't come yet, lost men have settled in their hearts, it's not coming. Don't play in the fool's paradise. Judgment is coming. You know in your heart, Judgment is coming. There's a judgment day coming. And these courts don't have any idea what it is. Anyway, this is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Some of the commentaries say this is the same one. How ridiculous can you get? Let the Bible say what it says. Another beast. And he had two horns like a lamb and spake as a dragon. Well, he looked kind of a little more tamer. This beast, look how wild that beast is. A leopard, a lion, a bear. Huh, that's wild looking. But this one just got two horns like a sheep. That ain't very wild looking. I mean, who's afraid of a sheep? I guess they can do you some harm. They used to like work me to death. Trying to load them up in a cattle truck. Put them in there and they'd come right back out. And I get up there, I'm literally picking them up and throwing them in there. Well, all that wool and all, I'm dying of a heart attack. I was a young man. Stupid animals is what they are. Kind of significant that that's what he calls us. He, <laughs> they're the dumbest animals you can haul. Hogs are the smartest. But nobody really afraid of a, of a lamb. But he spake as a devil. He exercises all the power of the first beast 
before him and caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders. Now all he's holding us looking for miracles. Be careful where you might find them. There's going to be some miracles. But it ain't going to come from me. It ain't going to come from any of God's people. They're going to come from the second beast. So that he maketh fire coming down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now who did that? Well, God did that in the days of Elijah. And deceiveth them. That's what he does. He deceives. He counterfeits everything of God. Them that dwelt on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Jesus said, believe me for the works that I do. What works did he do? Raise the dead. Made the lame to walk. Restored the sight of the blind. Walked on water. Fed the multitudes. Legitimate works that could not be faulted. Believe me for those works. And that's why those works were done. Those miracle works that you might know that this is the son of God. Son of man on earth. But now he's imitating. Satan is imitating. Saying that to them that dwell on the earth, they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Nebuchadnezzar made a beast. He made an image like that dream. And then he demanded that everybody worship it. Didn't work for the three Hebrew children. And it didn't work for Nebuchadnezzar because God took his mind away from him. So what kind of sacrifice psychotic drugs would you give him wouldn't make any difference what you gave him what kind of counseling would you give him wouldn't matter how many counselors you sent him to he's a cow or he's an ox that's what he thinks of himself and he ain't going to be anything else until God gives his mind back to him and when God gave his mind back to him God had done a work of grace on him and he said, he doeth according to his will in the armies of heaven and on earth. And none can say unto him, what doest thou? Yes. But he gives power to give life. And causes as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Well, I hope we're gone here. I'm not guaranteeing anything. Well, God being my helper, I ain't going to bow to it. And he calls it all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in. You ought to mark that word in. All the other versions have on. The King James is right. In their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now I'm hoping we're gone when this happens. I'm not guaranteeing it. But just think, what if you're here and they say you will either let us inject this into your hand or in your forehead or you'll never be able to buy another speck of food from a grocery store. Never be able to buy gasoline. Never be able to buy clothes. 
What are you going to do? Pretty important, isn't it? Because he says those, that take that mark, they ain't going to make it with God. He had power, as many as would not worship the beast, receive a mark. Here's wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score and six. And I believe the reason it's six hundred and sixty-six is because the number of man is six, one short of perfection. And why is it three times six? Man is body, soul, and spirit. That's what I believe. Anyway, you know, and I looked and lower lamb stood on the Mount Zion. Now this lamb is the real lamb. This is the lamb of God, the lion out of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Stood on Mount Zion and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand having his father's name Written in their foreheads. We found them back in chapter 7. All 12 tribes of Israel. 12,000 from every all 12 tribes. And I heard a voice from heaven as a voice of many waters. As a voice of a great thunder. And that describes the great voice of our Lord. And I heard the voice of harpers. Harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne. And before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song, but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Now I believe that is exclusively their song. The dude that wrote that in the New York Times, and all of these so-called experts all around, they don't like another thing about God. That God is particular. They do not like the fact that the Bible says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. They do not like that. They say, God, you don't have a right to choose. And I believe he chooses his bride. They don't like that. They don't like us saying, the only way to God is through the Son. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, what about the Muslims? What about the Hindus? What about the Buddhists? You mean they can't get to, what, what about the Jews? They can't get to God apart from Jesus Christ? That's right. I'm telling you that John 14, I think it's 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. One of the most controversial verses that you can possibly bring up in this world today. Because it is exclusive. And we say, well, what about whosoever? Whosoever believeth. Not whosoever don't believe, 
That's exclusive. It doesn't include everybody. And that's the way it is. I'll quit. We'll start again.